This is Two Girls, One Mike, the show that talks about the holes and plot holes of your favorite porn. Welcome to Two Girls, One Mike, where the girlfriend experience means I've stolen your sweatshirt and eaten all your chips and salsa. I'm your co-host, Alice Vaughn, and Yvette, you eating my chips and salsa? Is that a dirty euphemism? Because I'm, if it is, I'm in for some fucking chips and salsa. I'll lick the fuck out of some salsa, baby. Because you, you do seem like a spicy tamale. God, that was awful. Mm. I am ashamed. That's I can hear the groaning of all of our <laughs> listeners. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry for that. I take look. I'd still look the hell out of you, baby. I mean, I've bitten you once. You have. Well, they won't. They. Oh, well, they won't. They. Yeah, but you haven't bitten or licked me with hot sauce on me, and that could be a different experience. Oh God, that's horrible. Just wrap me in a blanket and call me a, your burrito. Mm. Is this cultural appropriation at this point? I don't know. I mean, you you would be one of those girls from Portland who would accidentally put out a business with complaints to management. Probably, but We're, <laughs> it's <laughs> these opening tangents. They go in strange directions. It's part of our charm. No one said they were good. No, they're just, they are what they are. And they, they eventually lead into introducing our guest for the day. Ah, uh, ah. Uh. Ah. So we have an Alice-centric episode. Yvette, can you handle more than one Alice? Oh, oh, you better believe I can. I have two hands and there are two Alices. We can do this. I'm open wide for this one, baby. Oh, would you better? <laughs> well, good things come in small packages because we have Alice Little on the show. She's the top bunny at the Moonlight Bunny Ranch, which was made famous by the HBO series Cat House. So when I say she's a kind of like a small powerhouse, like she cleared last year in bookings $1.2 million. That is a professional pussy right there. Good fucking Lord, girl, you go. Hi, Alice. <laughs> Thank you both so much for having me. This is going to be such a fun conversation. Okay, at least you're not cringing too hard at the last line I said. I'm, I'm glad for that. <laughs> so, okay, based on what I already know, we share the same name. We're both hyper-organized. And you are basically, if I went into doing what you do, you are killing it. And wow, you are killing it. I mean, you did, I think it was for Refinery29, like last year or the year before, like a money book. And that's where this whole thing kind of started. Oh, yeah. I was approached by Refinery29 two years ago as part of a money diary series where they were talking about people and what they earn, how they spend, and how they save. In particularly, they seek out money diaries from people that have interesting careers. Well, as a legal sex worker, it's safe to say that my write-offs are not exactly the same things that you would uh, see written off in most businesses. And so it made for a very interesting story. Wow. Yeah. And so for our listeners, prostitution is currently regulated in registered brothels in smaller counties in the state. So meaning cities like Las Vegas and Reno are excluded. But where you are, you happen to work for one of these brothels. And Okay, I have so many questions. Oh, yeah. Where do we begin? What led to this part of your career? Well, prior to working at the Bunny Ranch, I was traveling around the country doing BDSM and sex education for couples, men, women, and those in alternative relationships. I really loved the educational aspect so much. And when I came across another educator that happened to be working at the ranch and she shared the information with me, I decided to go on out there and see what it was about for myself. 
what I kind of discovered was this great need for sex education to meet sex work. Prior to the time that I entered the brothels, no one had ever taken this kind of educational spin of sex work. So I decided to bring my educational background with me to the Bunny Ranch and, well, it's safe to say it ended up working out pretty a-okay. Quite. So is it more with the clients or with the other girls that you seem to be providing more sex education with? The thing that I have learned is that no one is getting enough sex education. And so in many instances, it's not just my guests, but also my peers that I'm able to share this knowledge with. That's awesome. So I have to ask, what is the average week like? Because I can't even imagine. Totally insane. (laughs) There is no such thing as normal for me because I tend to keep myself very busy and active. I'm a little bit different than the other ladies in that I choose to work by appointment only. As such, I only choose to see one guest each day. So that kind of sets up the baseline of how my schedule works. And during my downtime, I tend to do podcasting, filming for YouTube. I've also recently done some focused study on the concept of loneliness. And man, do we have a loneliness epidemic in this country? I believe there was on, I think it was trending everywhere the last few days, something along the lines of the younger generation nowadays between like 18 to 34 is having way less sex than ever before. Yep. They are having statistically way less sex and are entering long-term relationships way less frequently as well. Yeah. And it's really interesting because you would think, especially with apps like, you know, Tinder and... We've just found more ways to reject people. Yeah. We found more ways to find all the creeps in the universe. They crawl into your inbox and just write, hey, like it's a real pickup line. With at least four to seven Y's. Hey. Or then sexy spelled with like three X's and two Y's. Because it's, I got one of those back in the day when I was on OkCupid okay instead of a friend. I'm like, Does, do you think that means I'm extra sexy? And my, my girlfriend was like, no, I think that's how he thinks it's spelled. Gentlemen, pro tip, don't do that. Okay, so you have one client a day. How does that work? Like, do they have to send an application? Can you reject? Do you have regulars? Oh, yes. Are there specifications? I don't know. It's a very interesting process. So to answer the second half of the question, yes, I do have a lot of repeat and return visitors, which I thoroughly enjoy. And typically speaking, I connect with my guests via email. This allows us to exchange a few messages back and forth to kind of discuss what it is we would like to do together. This also gives me the opportunity to get to know someone and make sure that I am comfortable with them. As a legal sex worker, I do have the right to say no to anyone for any reason at any point in time that I so choose. So I could say no during an email. I could say no in person during the negotiation. At any point, if I am made to feel uncomfortable, I am able to cease all activity. It's just a quick uh, interruption. Do you feel completely safe doing the work you do in the environment in which you do it? Oh, God, yeah. I love my job. The ranch has specially equipped panic buttons in all of the rooms should there be a problem. What? Um, That's amazing. To date, I have only had to hit my panic button once, and it had nothing to do with a client. Um, A tarantula (laughs) had gotten into my room when they were doing the construction, and 
I didn't want to deal with it. So mm-hmm. I hit the panic button and I made somebody else deal with it. I've seen those fuckers. You're right. I, I'm not laughing at the tarantula. It's like I'm laughing at the fact that it was a tarantula, not a man. <laughs> No, and I've been with the company for three years. I've never heard of any situations happening that has required the use of a panic button. You figure when somebody chooses to travel out to the bunny ranch, they do so with the best intentions at heart. If somebody wanted to say, come in, harm a woman, they're not going to travel all the way out to Nevada to meet with a legal sex worker and pay top dollar to cause her harm. He knows where he's located. It's a legal establishment. There's safety. There's a whole gate around the premises that you have to be buzzed into. I mean, you'd really have to be a fool to come to the bunny ranch and do something silly like that. It's nice. It's the opposite of the Matt Lauer button. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) What? That's not too soon. No, no, it's it's almost like it's fine to mention that Matt Lauer is a horrible human being and did bad things. And we can say that it was bad that he was allowed to do that. And everyone who enabled him was bad. Sorry, I had to go on that little rant for a moment. I do that sometimes. (laughs) But that's awesome. So that said, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, the establishment takes 50% of bookings, correct? Yes, that is correct. It's a 50-50 split, which is the industry standard. Oh, okay, cool. So by the way, is brothel the right word for it? Yes, that would be correct. Brothel, bordello, or bunny ranch all refer to the same concept. Nice. Okay. So that said, uh, what are some of the rules and regulations? Like, I think you guys have to be tested every week. That is correct. When the ladies apply to work at a legal brothel, they must first clear the doctor's visit before they are able to move on to the second step of the process. Once the lady has cleared doctor, she then has to go to the local sheriff's department where she applies for a working card that actually requires an FBI fingerprint and background check. So the lady has to have no felonies. She cannot have any sort of violent crimes on her record. So this way, you know that the person that you're meeting with at the legal brothel is a person that is trusted, literally verified by the state. Nice. Oh, that's so awesome. Oh, yes. And then, of course, we are required to see the doctor every single week in order to be able to stay active and working. Additionally, there are posted signs at all of the establishments that mandate that condoms are required by law for any and all sexual activities. This is, I mean, it's not like we're coming in here to advertise to legalize uh, sex work, but it's like, please, think about how much better this is than every other situation in which somebody hires a sex worker. God, it just makes so much sense. It's safe, it's legal, it's regulated, we're able to tax it, and we're even able to document what the benefit is to the local counties. Um, Just this past summer, the question of legalization came up for vote in Lyon County. And what we discovered by going through the county's records is that the brothel contributes almost a half million dollars to the local economy each year. It ended up being 30% of Lyon County's discretionary budget, um, the equivalency of all their police vehicles combined. So pretty much without the brothels, our cops would be riding around on Mustangs and bicycles. 
You're welcome for your vehicles, guys. You can thank a legal sex worker the next time you get pulled over. It's so frustrating where sex work isn't legal. And, you know, one of the reasons I really wanted you to be on the show is because what a lot of people aren't aware of, or maybe are, we've had a number of porn stars on the show, and we talk to a number of porn stars, and we watch a lot of porn. And a lot of the people in the industry... All worthy endeavors. Yes. They take dick that I can't to entertain. A lot of people took Dred's dick. That dick is big enough it should have an elevator. And they did that for our pleasure. Yeah. What I'm trying to say uh, horribly is that a lot of these people engage already in actually doing sex work on the side, but don't talk about it. And I'm never going to name who's doing it. But the problem is, it's just not legal. Um, But you happen to be legal. And That's why I want to know and pick your brain and find out more information. So that said, I I know we pre-recording kind of hovered over this, but as far as payments and people, you know, wanting to book a session, according to law, you can't discuss how much each service costs. So I'm curious how this negotiation sometimes comes about of, you know, if we were hypothetically in a back and forward exchange, would it happen where I describe maybe all the things I'd want to do and then you tell me what the customary rate is? Is it a la carte number of whips? Like how does it? (laughs) It's not quite like that. It's actually a very easy process. It's nothing like that at all. Every lady, of course, represents themselves So I can only speak for myself and how I choose to conduct my own business. But you figure it's a combination of how long we are spending together, plus what we are going to do during that time that we spend together. Do we want to start by going out to dinner, exploring Virginia City, then coming back to my suite and starting with the massage and maybe moving into a bubble bath? Or are you maybe interested in stepping into the shoes and becoming a porn star and having a filmed experience with exotic and erotic positions. It's really up to you how we spend our time together. Essentially, once we email back and forth and I decide that, hey, you know what, let's pick a date, let's meet up in person, I'll have you go ahead and call the ranch with 10% of your expected budget. This just gets you on the books, reserves the day for you since I only see one person each day. It then lets me set that time aside for you. Then, when you actually arrive at the physical brothel property, that's when we'll actually go over the rate details and talk about how we want to spend that time together and really flesh out what it will look like. Nice. You mentioned that you have one client a day. Do you ever meet with couples or women? Oh, yes. I oftentimes see couples. And most interestingly, I see quite a number of straight single women that are looking for sex education. They've never been taught how to masturbate, how to shop for sex toys, how to get in touch with their own personal intimacy. And I'm able to give them that and kind of be their sex coach in a way. For the audience at home that can't see this, Alice and I just kind of had our jaws go, huh, for a moment while we were just like sitting in awe of of this. It's kind of wonderful that this is not just, uh, it's, I think if people understood that this was not just something, quote, tawdry, and that this is a a service because people do need human contact uh, and they need to, and they need to understand their pleasure. And sometimes it's not, uh, it doesn't come to you organically. And this is a wonderful service that can be provided. Mm -hmm. 
In psychology, they use Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Mm -hmm. And one of the key needs is the intimacy need for acceptance, friendship, and love. You need that in order to be a self-actualized human being. And for some of my guests, especially those that are on the autism spectrum, that doesn't come naturally to them. Or some of my guests may be bouncing back from a nasty divorce, or maybe they're partner passed away and now they're re-entering this dating world and getting back in the saddle for the first time in 20 years. There's any number of reasons why somebody would choose to see a legal sex worker and participate in those services. I mean, I know someone who same went through a very nasty divorce and said the first time he felt comfortable uh, seeking someone for intimacy was through a, a service. And it was like, it was hard uh, before that to even broach it with somebody on a dating website. So it's something that people don't understand how this could possibly be something that unlocks emotions again. But indeed, these are things that people need. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm curious. I know that we started this off with, you know, the girlfriend experience being chips and dip <laughs> and stealing sweatshirts. I mean, I'll, I'll also maybe make you pasta and we'll watch some Netflix. But... <laughs> What is the girlfriend experience for a bunny? Or is it just like, okay, are we in this relationship for like two weeks or two years? What what level of girlfriend do you want? Do you ask that question? The level of girlfriend <laughs> where you're still trying to do the impressive sex? Or is it the, honey, I'm tired. Just roll me over and take a hole, okay? <laughs> I've shaved one leg. You get one. Oh, that's so funny. The girlfriend experience, for all that it's a term that gets thrown around oftentimes in sex work, I find that it's almost an unneeded term because at the end of the day, isn't it all the girlfriend experience? Really, when you distill what the girlfriend experience is down to like the rudimentary basics of it, you have intimacy, communication, companionship, and the ability to connect with someone at a heartfelt level. I feel like it doesn't matter what we are doing together. That's going to be a part of the time that we spend together. So I don't think of the girlfriend experience as being this like menu list item. Like that's just who I am. I just want to talk to you and cuddle and get to know you and hear all about your life and your goals and your ambitions. So the girlfriend that's, experience is baked into the cake. I honestly think so. It's like butter, honey. Oh. It's right in there. It's a part of it. So you're the Paula Dean of bunnies. Give it extra butter. Sure. A little bit of extra love. Oh, goodness. It's such a wonderful... I'm sorry for comparing you to it's Paula, Paula Dean. minus the way. racism is what I'm betting on. Let's go with that. Minus the plantation-themed wedding. Well, I see that not being a thing in you. No, I do not discriminate based off of gender, weight, race. About the only thing we discriminate on is age. You have to be 18 or older to legally visit the Bunny Ranch. Other than that, please come and see us. We welcome everyone to come through our doors, even if it's just to take advantage of the free tour and see what the property is like and say that you've been in a brothel space. It's a life-changing experience that everyone should have. I didn't know there was free tours. I want to go. Please come. Well, I, I, I will in many ways. <laughs> Actually, that's oh. a really 
common misconception. We are not in Vegas. How far are you from there? We are a seven-hour drive or a one-hour flight. So it's really not so terrible. You just top the quick commuter flight that Southwest offers like eight times a day. (laughs) It's literally like a $200 round-trip ticket. It's very easy to get from Vegas to the Reno airport where you can even take advantage of our complimentary driver. The ranch will literally drive to the airport for free, pick you up and bring you back to the ranch location so you don't have to get a rental car. Now I want to know how far it is from LA. See, these are the things I care about when choosing a ranch. Do they have shuttle service? We sure do. It's right next to the box I check on kayak next to continental breakfast and Wi-Fi. (laughs) <laughs> brothel continental breakfast and i i want outlets next to my bed that's, that's all i'm important. saying it's important it is it is important i definitely have outlets and an extension cord next to my bed because i'll tell you pro tip an extension cord next to your bed for your wired sex toys is so worthwhile don't end up in the situation where you're limited by the cord that sucks so much that's happened to me once and it was in vegas there was a situation where there were Three of us and one person ended up just holding the cord to the wall. (laughs) Someone got assigned a duty, okay? You're on cord duty. In an orgy, it's important to have roles and know how (laughs) things are going to go down. Like in my professional orgy experience, I find that lubrication services are very worthwhile. It's like someone's got to be touching something at all times. Have to there's like there's almost a fluffer roll at some point. It's just there's a lot of balls in the air. That's all I'm saying. A lot of balls in the air and a lot of lube being used. I've I've got to say that's the other thing that I've been discovering recently is that people are just not using enough lube. Come on. No. We say that so many times on this show. Use more lube. Always. However much lube you think you need, double it, triple it. Just add some more. Just put a little bit more on top. It's like icing. It's completely A-okay. It's only going to make things better. Especially if you're doing butt sex. If you think you just need a little bit on the tip, no, you you need more. You need to grease that pole. If you think that you need just a little bit of lube on the tip for anal sex, what you need to do is email me because I can help you and educate you. Like, do not do that to your partner or to yourself. Please don't. All the lube. So All the lube. Men and or women, uh, if you decide to do anal, uh, just take a bucket, pour lube in it, then take <laughs> the dick and or dildo and just like, Dunk it in and out, like and the you're, butt. like you're and the butt, like you're baptizing a child. Just do that with your dick or three the dildo. Times. Yeah, three times. Name of the daddy <laughs> and of the stepbrother. <laughs> oh God. Amen. I feel like the final one, like the trilogy, has got to be complete in the name of the daddy, in the name of the stepson, <laughs> in the name of the schoolgirl. Amen. Oh, <laughs> nice. I'm like, I didn't want it to be stepdaughter. I'm like, that'd be just too like perfect schoolgirl. It's got to be schoolgirl. It's the most common role play fantasy request. Really? Hands down, schoolgirl. We have to use this for some porn that Alice and I end up writing one day. Like that's going to get worked in there eventually. It's going to be the best porn ever. It's got to have Ron Jeremy in it, though. It's just got to have him in there somewhere. As a cameo. Yes. <laughs> well, actually, real <laughs> Except a cameo, and that's just saying we have our lines. Yes, he can hold the lube bucket. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. He'll be dunking. He'll be the father. Oh, the yes. father. He'll, Exactly. Is there a porn version of the movie Dogma yet? I don't know, but there should be. There really should. 
Ben Affleck, call us. Because I've watched this movie 15,000 times because, you know, I think this is something that every baby atheist does. You find like your movie that like helps you like slowly be, or you find your thing that makes you go, yeah, maybe this is a little different. Like it's, I think I must have watched that a zillion times in college, but yeah, that's got to be the movie that I probably could turn into a porn easily. That would be so fantastic. The plot is just so fabulous. Kakma. Leroy. Leroy, contact us. Again, I mean, we have too many ideas. Uh, We had Leroy Myers on the show a couple episodes back. He directs a ton of the stuff for Wood Rocket, the Rick and Morty porn. Dogma style. Oh, okay. Okay. Yes. Yes. That is the name of our dogma porn. And he's got to have like a gigantic cross on too the whole time. I want Ron Jeremy for the George Carlin role. (laughs) (laughs) I think that'd be perfect. I think he could pull it off. Oh, God. All right. Leroy, fucking call us. We're doing this. Or if you want to create this porn with us, uh, not with us in it, but just us helping write the script, uh, info at two girls, one mic. Why not? You know what we could do? We could be the Matt Damon, Ben Affleck characters, or we could be Jay and Silent Bob. I could be a decent Jay or a Silent Bob. I could Silent Bob it for once. And the funny thing is, I'm never fucking silent, so that would work out. For once, people would be like, you found a way to shut her up? Without a cock yeah, in her mouth? Yeah, just gave her no lines. <laughs> cock or a ball gag, or just give me no lines in a show. See, I found the best way to shut me up. Get me to orgasm. We're good. Oh, yeah. Derek's he's found that he's like, yeah, you're really quiet now. I'm like, dear, you know what you just did, right? Oh, so going back actually to extension cords. <laughs> so I used to sleep in a loft bed and I had the wired Hitachi, the one with, that you plug into a wall with a two setting switch. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think that's all of our starter <laughs> vagina fun time. I think everybody has Mr. Faithful somewhere in their house. In the two settings, it's high and higher. There, There is no low. It's high and fuck you, basically. <laughs> like, the second setting, like, when I first got it, I could not use it on that at all. Like, it's it's still it's, kind where's of... Where's my clitoris? That's a setting. I, and still, even if I use it on that, I'm 30 seconds and I'm done. Like, it's just... Oof, that's... It's a lot. I'm not saying that I'm easy, but ten, I can't even do for like 10, 15. But that said, so because I had a loft bed, I was not anywhere near one of those outlets. So I had to take, imagine everybody now, an orange construction cable, the extension cord ones, the heavy duty. I use that. You had needs. You had needs. And you <laughs> met them. That is awesome. I mean, if anybody asks, it's so you could charge your phone and still reach it. Yeah, totally. That's totally the reason why. No, I just never hit it. If you're in my loft bed, there's no secrets. This is true. Yeah, basically. I figure if someone's in my bedroom and they like, it's like, dude, I'm 35 and I run a porn cast. Like, you know that there's, there's sex and sexual things happening in this room. That's, again, baked into the cake. Oh, man. I've got a hell of a story for you two. Ooh, oh, it's, boy. Is it for, for us two it. or for our audience too? Oh, it's we can, for we can, everyone. This is oh, fantastic. We like these stories. So... When I started doing sex toy reviews, I wanted to be able to demonstrate how thruster toys actually work. So I decided to order myself a sex doll (gasps) simply for educational purposes. So this way I could like film the toys being used on the model. We have so many questions. 
So unfortunately, this thing had to be signed for. So I had to go and sign for it at the post office. And the box is not discreet. It literally says like, fuck me, silly Sally all over this thing. So I'm now having to get assistance in carrying it to my car because it weighs 50 pounds in the packaging and I can't lift it. So it's myself and two poor USPS employees walking through the parking lot with the fuck me silly Sally box prominently displayed between the two of them following tiny little me out to my vehicle. And I am sure everyone had questions about what the world was going on with that. And now they have answers. (laughs) Oh my God. The looks were just so great. Like one old man seriously stopped halfway out of his car and just was like, what? He pulled out his cell phone to take a picture. (laughs) It was the best. Oh my God. I was like, do you want us to pose, man? Like... Okay. And it was a male sex doll, right? No, this was a female sex (gasps) doll that I got because I wanted to show how penetrator thruster toys worked. Oh, gotcha. Though, I did get creative. To avoid having to buy a second sex doll, I ordered a suction cup penis toy that I can insert into the other model (laughs) to kind of make it look like a male model, sort of, if you don't look at the tits. I'm I'm amazed. It works. This is engineering. Well, I've got a couple of like the masturbator cup toys that I was sent to review. And I want to be able to give a high quality review where I actually demonstrate the product. And well, the only way to do that is to have some sort of prop. Just to be clear, it had a suction cup at the end and that stayed suction cupped to the sex doll. It sure did. Beautifully so. I was impressive. Able to tuck the round part of the suction inside of the doll itself. So it kind of like stayed right in position. It was pretty unique, I gotta say. But it worked really, really well for review purposes. Wait, uh from the front end or the back end of the doll? Because you said it was a female. It was a female doll, and then I put it into the front section of the doll. So I pretty much put the suction cup section inside of the vagina section. Got it. I was trying to figure out if that would, uh, like, sit up well. Mm -hmm. I don't know. For some reason, my mind thought that it just wouldn't point the right way if it was down there. So you might have to just stick it in the butt, and then you'd have a dick pointing out of the butt of the sex doll. As funny as that would be, thankfully, it ended up anatomically working out. If you still have the sex doll and you have that suction penis, can you put it in the butt? We want pictures. I can definitely make that happen for hilarity's sake. I'm pretty sure that the toy has a rear entry as well. But even if that toy doesn't, I totally received a mini masturbator toy with both front and rear entry. I've got to say, I am so excited to review this thing. It is going to be a hilarious interview because the toy itself weighs like five pounds and no man in their right mind is going to like lift this thing up and try to use it. Like, (laughs) I don't know what they were thinking when they designed it. So I am so excited to just tear this toy apart and explain all the reasons why it doesn't function right. So wait, wait, can you describe it? So it's five pounds. Is it designed for a man or woman or both? It's designed for male pleasure. Essentially, it is a 
pocket pussy except that it is the entire lower half without the legs oh. attached. Okay. But it's scaled down. So there's a full functioning bottom of this toy with, you know, rear end and buttocks, but it's been scaled down to miniature to the point where it just does not work at all. It is just the Ugh. most bizarre looking toy I have ever seen. It is so oh poorly designed. I can't wait. Is it like fucking a Cabbage Patch Kid? God, I don't know oh. what they oh, were thinking. Creepy. But I've got to say, when it comes to sex toys, I have really enjoyed doing all of these sex toy reviews because there is such a wide range of different things that are out there on the market now. We're talking to a company right now and they're planning on sending us a few things to play with. And they make some pretty uh, creative looking things, they make a decent number of flashlights. And of course, I do not have the, mm, I, I don't have the the equipment with which to test one of these out on my own. So I asked my husband, I'm like, do you want to try one of these out? He's like, what's the difference between one flashlight and another? I showed him. I'm like, there are different holes, dear. There are lots of different ones. There's different holes, different textures, mm-hmm. different lengths. Oh, I'm the rabbit hole goes deep. Different firmness. Yeah. He gets to be our designated penis or one of our designated penises for the show. That is so awesome. He suffers truly. And I mean, we suffer for our art here with this. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's true suffering, testing sex toys, I'll tell you. Man, I, I work know how so hard. It's so miserable. Every so often at UTI, how do we survive? Gas. If that is the worst thing in our lives, I think we're doing pretty okay. And once in a while, we'll get somebody on Twitter saying, you're reviewing porn, rawr! And I'm like, so you don't watch porn? Go ahead and tell me you don't watch porn. Say it, right? Go ahead. And nobody has ever had a thing to say back to that. I mean, look, once you had Ted Cruz, you know, liking stepmom porn, the cat's out of the bag. And as opposed to Mike Pence, who likes mother porn. We know it's there. Oh, It was so funny. We had done a polling around the 2018 election, kind of asking Democrats and Republicans what their different fetishes were. And I've got to say, Republicans are freaks in the bedroom. Oh, yeah. I knew it. A hundred percent. They have so much like locked down that just needs to crawl on out. And you know what? It's so funny because... Between both Democrats, Republicans, and even Libertarians, the most common secret fantasy for men was pegging. Yeah. 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 Like, all of us are not surprised by this. Like, oh, guys enjoy pegging. Surprise. It's almost like they all have prostates. Yeah. And these things give you a lot of, it's like a little pleasure button. Like, I, I don't have one. I don't know. I've heard this thing feels good. Anytime pegging and prostates come up, I always feel the need to lead with the PSA that pegging does not make you gay, guys. No. You are Thank still you. a straight, strong, masculine, hetero male who has a prostate and it feels good. Like, it's in your body. It feels amazing. Please take advantage of it. It's a good thing, not a bad thing. Like, yeah, there are things that happen in straight sex and gay sex that are the same. Does that make it? There's somebody on Twitter who's one of these kind of nut jobs who accused men of who are taking care of their children of being gay. I'm like, wow, uh, now men who have sex with women and reproduce are gay. Like, wow, isn't stop. that the gayest thing yeah. ever? If you're taking care of your kid, you're gay. Oh, gay. Jesus Christ. 
use all the things in your body you can have pleasure with. And I think men that are nervous about that, it's like they've had this thing kind of drilled into their brain that if they, they touch anything with that, it's gay. It's like, yet you want to put your penis into a woman's butt. And a woman is not automatically in it. Like that's just part of straightness for a woman. And here's the thing. I want to say that not only I feel that, you know, a lot of Republicans are not comfortable with it, but I want to say a lot of like liberal guys too, because let me, okay. So a great example is I remember a few years back during the first season of Broad City, they discussed pegging and how the neighbor was into pegging and they kind of made fun of it. And yeah, I mean, they still approached it as the girl had an open mind, but the way they discussed it made the main character, Abby, like she kind of approached it with a little bit of disgust. And that didn't Aww. sit right with me, frankly, because look, I mean, how can we get guys and people to open up about, you know, wanting to do butt stuff if socially we, we're making fun of it? And that's really unfortunate. So let's talk about this for a second, because you seem to have experience with this, Alice. What should women know about pegging? Because I know nothing. The biggest thing to know about pegging, first off, more lube. I think we already covered that part of it, though, in detail. Have we? But it's go slow and go small to start. Please don't reach for the Ron Jeremy size dildo when you're first getting started. I strongly recommend starting with something no wider around than your index and middle finger are combined. That is going to be a really good size and it also scales for the person's body. So you'll look at their index finger and their middle finger because it's going to end up being the correct size ratio for their body. This way, you're starting with a toy that is not going to be uncomfortable or painful, and then you'll slowly work up to using a larger toy if you so desire. Many people find that smaller strap-on toys end up being perfectly adequate for pegging. There isn't a need to go super large to hit the prostate. It's right there, very easy to access and hit. I strongly recommend looking up an anatomical chart before you begin pegging so you understand the angling of where the prostate is in relation to where you are pressing in. Other than that, go slow, use lots of lube, and check in with your partner to make sure that you're not going too fast or too hard. Would you even recommend women starting with their fingers like a thumb or a pinky? Oh, you absolutely could choose to start with a finger. Ladies, keep in mind if you have nails that you do not want Mm. to use your fingers because you could accidentally perforate your partner's bottom and that would be less than ideal. So a good trip is if you take a pair of non-latex gloves What you want to do is actually flip them inside out because the outside has a slight texture, whereas the inside has no texturing at all. So if you flip the glove inside out, it'll actually feel better for your partner when you then apply lube and press into them. I'm learning something new every day. In terms of uh, insertables, would you, and I mean, this is just from my own personal experience, I find that it's better to start with a butt plug than a dildo because it has that gradual build up to a larger size. What are your thoughts on this? do enjoy butt plugs for the fact that they do slide into place and then they are also held there. So this way it gives the body time to kind of get used to the sensation a little bit. You figure 
If you're looking for pegging, however, that typically is a toy attached to a harness, but a first step even before beginning pegging may be to start introducing a butt plug into your everyday play. So a butt plug would definitely help with stimulating the prostate. My question is, how do we graduate from butt plug to, all right, we're putting on the strap on? So it all starts with a very small piece. I cannot say enough good things about Tantus's products. They come in a full range of different sizes, lengths, and widths. So you can really go as small as you want to get started. So the first toy that you're using isn't any wider around than the butt plug itself is. You figure the biggest difference at this point is now you are sliding in and then sliding out. It's important to first press into your partner slowly and stay there while their body gets used to the toy before you actually begin thrusting and moving. I did not know that. This has been an educational interview for both of us. I think there is such a need for education on these topics. And frankly speaking, people have so many negative thoughts and feelings around the concept of pegging and really anal sex in general that... They lack the education and they're too afraid to go out and seek it. So I like to try to make the content as accessible as possible. It's the reason why I started a Thursday morning live coffee show on YouTube where I just pick a sex topic and we are all going to learn about it together. Here we go, guys. Bring your coffee mug. I like it. Coffee and butt sex talk. It sounds like a good time. Coffee with Alice. It is a good time for sure. I want to come on to talk about butt sex. Sorry. It's (laughs) distracted for a moment. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine another way to start a Thursday morning with a cup of joe and a dildo. Actually, actually, yeah, that is how I start my Thursday morning. So. if you can actually drink the coffee whilst getting the dildo, I think that's that's multitasking. That's that's very New York. I mean, look, we only have so many hours in a day, New York minute, you know? Yeah. It's true. And sometimes you've just got to make things work and got to make time. So, you know, coffee and a quickie, it's okay. <laughs> and I mean, all you have to do is just flip the Hitachi to high. Look, if you're one of the 40%, though, that needs to run to the restroom after drinking coffee, do it after the butt stuff. You know, drink your coffee then, not before. Just yeah, that's a that's a good pro tip about a uh, pegging. Try not to eat a super heavy meal or have anything that's going to fill you up with poop because that's going to make butt sex not so fun. Oh yeah, gents, you will learn of the enema kit. That is a thing that is helpful for the butt. It sex. is your friend. It will make it so much more enjoyable for both me and you. Nobody's going to be sitting there going afterwards, going, "Oh God, there's poo on my dick and or dildo." Just don't leave that area uncleaned. Be a white glover. You want that to come up with nothing on it. <laughs> Otherwise, you are left with some Santorum. Go ahead and look up the Urban Dictionary <laughs> definition on that one. Oh man, <laughs> that's pretty mainstream now, right? Yeah. Pretty much. I think so. The frothy mixture, it is the no, uh, the frothy no. mixture of lube and fecal matter that sometimes occurs as a result of anal sex. Just uh, look, we, we're here to educate. We are here to educate. Are we? Are we? I thought we were just here for the low-hanging dick jokes. Santorum is low-hanging anal sex jokes. So It's a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. It's all good. We're all here to have fun. <laughs> Once upon a time, somebody made up a dirty definition of Huckabee, and I don't think it ever caught on, but it was a really good one. So speaking of Ooh. politics, um, <laughs> not that we ever talk about that on this podcast. No. No, 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 no. But interestingly enough, the person who owned your ranch was Dennis Hoff, right? Oh, yeah. 
Yes, it was. The late Dennis Hoff and the ranches are now owned and operated by Madame Suzette. Nice. So what was it like working for Dennis? Yeah. You know, he was a great guy. I have nothing bad to say about him. He gave wonderful business advice and really was just an upstanding guy. It's always good to hear. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the media loves to pick on him. He wrote this book, The Art of the Pimp, which probably could have been titled better, but... At the time in the mid-2000s when he wrote that book, it was the time of sensationalized media where big headlines like that were used very normally. Unfortunately, it's just not aged well into 2019. But the reality was he's the first person to give rights to legal sex workers. When he became a brothel owner, he kind of flipped the industry on its head and said, you know what? No, I'm going to let these girls say no to anyone they want, anytime they want. I'm going to let these girls set their own rates. I'm going to let these girls run their businesses however the hell they want to run their businesses. And I'm going to not say another word about it. It was beautiful what he had done. He basically gave you a safe place in which you all had sanitary, safe facilities in which you could have a business. uh, And it was a controlled environment. That's so amazing when you think about what there was before in terms of uh, facilities available for you. Mm -hmm. He entered the brothel world in the early 90s. Prior to that, they had been legal in the state since 1972. But It was kind of a quiet thing. They were in existence, but the media wasn't allowed in. Women weren't allowed in the parlors that were single. You had to be a single guy in order to come to the brothel or whatever the requirement was. They didn't allow single women to come. He changed all of that when he entered the brothel industry, completely rewrote the rule book and pretty much created what is now the new industry standard. That's awesome. And then from what I'm aware of, uh, working at the ranch, correct me again if I'm wrong, you could stay there as long as you'd like. So almost like renting an apartment on a month-to-month basis, is that wrong or right? Yep, that is correct. The ladies essentially rent a room at the brothel, typically speaking for a minimum of a two-week tour. Occasionally, ladies choose to work full-time. For example, I work full time and we're able to set our own schedules. So we work as often as we do or do not want. We're able to accept as many appointments as we want or do not want. We can set our prices however we want. We can offer whatever services we want or do not want to offer. There are no requirements for services offered in the legal brothels. The ladies are completely free to design their own offerings however they so choose. And as such, we see a business that essentially allows women to create their own businesses Like, when people ask me what my position is, I'm the CEO of my own company, thank you very much. I file my taxes under my LLC. I am a valid business entity just like any other. It's far more valid than uh, selling Herbalife, I'm just saying. (laughs) I could go on a conversation about Herbalife, man. I have rants about every MLM on the fucking planet. Is it just me or does this look like an MLM? Shh, ignore the pyramid. It's all okay. If you have to ask if it looks like an MLM, it's probably probably an MLM. MLM. Don't worry. It's just a reverse funnel. It's totally fine. There's an infinite number of people that want to buy your Herbalife products and or leggings. Just get three more people to sell underneath you and then they need to get three more underneath each of them and then eventually every person on the planet is selling fucking shitty leggings. (laughs) 
<laughs> crappy leggings, like poorly constructed essential oils, you name oh, it. God. There's probably an MLM for it. And it's just... Oh, my favorite is when uh, I believe it was both Dutera and Young Living got a, a letter from the FDA telling them to stop claiming they could cure Ebola. That was fun. That was, that was pretty spectacular. Wait, were they actually claiming that? Yes. Yes. And I mean, the specifics of it, the wording, go look into it to see what they, but I mean, they did get a letter from the FDA to tell them to cut it with the bullshit claims about Ebola. And I, I think they were claiming they could treat anormal, but holy crap. Like It was something about disinfecting, I think is what it was, yeah. is that you could disinfect using the essential oils to create your nope. Ebola safe hazard zone. That's the way we're going to save Africa, guys. Doterra. Because a mom in Akron, Ohio really has to worry about fucking Ebola. That's a thing. <laughs> but yeah, you go for it, Karen, and you get yourself that. I don't know. If Karen didn't vaccinate her children, she may have to worry about measles or mumps, though. Like, let's be real. To all the Karens out there who actually vaccinated, we're sorry. But Karen, vaccinate your fucking kids. <laughs> <laughs> I have feelings about people who don't vaccinate. None of them are good. <laughs> I feel like that should be an additional service on the Bunny Ranch. It's like, are you up to date on your vaccine? vaccinations. <laughs> we offer hep C vaccines on the way in the door because we want our bunnies protected. Oh my gosh. Well, that's a beautiful thing about the ranches is that we do oftentimes educate people about safer sex things as they come to market. For example, pre-exposure prophylaxis is something that is rolled out this past century. What's that? PrEP yeah. or Truvada. What this is, it's a pill that you can take every single day and it will prevent you from getting HIV even if you are exposed. Yep. It's a pre-exposure prevention drug. It's available now on the market for anyone. That's awesome. I, I'd say I have a couple of uh, gunkles, my gay uncles up in San Francisco, and I know, I, I believe they're, uh, they're, a lot of their community is on it. Mm -hmm. They call it PrEP or being a, a PrEP warrior, typically. Everyone's on PrEP. And I know uh, a lot of people do PrEP and condoms, and it's virtually impossible to get it with PrEP and condoms. But I, I it's there are cases where people... Now, this is why even with PrEP, you should still use condoms. Yes, still use a condom. This came out not that long ago, a couple of weeks ago. Somebody got AIDS uh, while using PrEP. I mean, Aww. it's 99.99 whatever percent effective. Um, and if your partner has a non-detectable viral load, the odds of you getting it is virtually nothing. But if you don't know your partner, even if you're on PrEP, my God, use a condom. Mm -hmm. And in the specific example that you're talking about from several weeks ago, he was not following a daily adherence. Mm -hmm. He was using prep on demand where he would take oh, yeah. it as needed. And it is statistically less effective yeah. when it is not used daily. Oh, who knew? Like birth control. You don't take that shit daily. It's not going to work. Nope. Gee, you think? Crazy talk. Anyway, a number of my coworkers choose to take prep as an additional safety risk. I mean, why not? If it's available and out there, you might as well have access yeah. to it. I mean, that makes perfect sense. If I was in that line of work, that's absolutely a precaution I would take. It's like, you have something to protect me from every STD on the planet, I will take all of them. Yes, please. And as a result, we have had zero HIV cases associated nice. with the Nevada brothels ever. That's so cool. Ever. 
Never, not a single one in any of the brothels, never. Not even through the 80s when there was all the HIV scares going around. There has never been a case linked to legal brothels. And we are so incredibly proud of that. We are a safe, clean facility and we've got the facts to back it up. How many brothels are there within that area? Where I am located in Lyon County, there are four brothels, all of which are actually owned by the Bunny Ranch Company. There is the Moonlight Bunny Ranch, the Sagebrush Ranch, the Kit Kat Ranch, and the Love Ranch. They're all located within a mile's distance of each other. Do each of them cater to a different type of clientele, or is it just needed more space and they were different branches? Just needed more space. There were other people that had owned those facilities originally, and Dennis ended up buying them out. A lot of the previous owners in Lyon County weren't doing what was right by their business or by the ladies. One location in particular, the Kit Kat brothel, he purchased and ended up having to invest somewhere around $1.5 million to rehabilitate it and completely remodel the location before it was fit to be reopened. So he pretty much picked it up, beautified it, and brought it back into the community for the overall benefit of everyone. I don't know. Maybe he could have worked with the retro look, you know, just the 70s uh, kitchen and bedrooms. I mean, there was probably a revolving bed in there. Oh my God, it was so terrifying. I had the opportunity to see some of the photos before the remodel. There were holes in the floor. They had not redone the wallpaper since the 1950s. It was not okay. It wasn't retro cute. It was just bad. It was like bad thrift shop. It was ready to be condemned. Pretty much. And Dennis came in, cleaned it up, and brought it up to the Bunny Ranch standard. And very much so. There are, I believe, 21 or 22 operating brothels in the entire state. And we are the most well-known of all of them for a very good reason. Because you guys are awesome. Yeah, that. And at the end of the day, Lyon County is the best county for a legal sex worker to work in. We offer the most amount of rights, the most amount of freedoms, and the most amount of flexibility. And here's the thing. It shouldn't be that way. Every county, should, every part of the country should be this way, where people can work safely. You're right. And I am so, so glad that you brought that up, because that's one of the things that I am working towards. This year, there is a bill, which as of today, it has now moved out of the assembly and into the Senate that will be doing a two-year work study of the brothels. The codes were all written back in the 1970s, and back in the 70s, unfortunately, there wasn't this high opinion of women. No. As such. As opposed to now, when everyone's nice to women and thinks that we're believable. Uh, It's Yeah. We still have some work to do. But we're getting there. We made a few steps forward. Oh, yes. So this work study is going to take a look at the code that was written in the 1970s, and it is going to study it for the next two years, and then in the next legislation cycle, propose some amendments to the code. So this way we see more equality between all the brothels across the state. The reality is... In some of the counties, there are outdated things written in there like curfew, where the ladies have to be in the brothel by 8 p.m. Or otherwise they could be fined or feed by the local county, which is just insane. It's 2019. Why the hell are there curfews? That is ridiculous. 
Nope. So thankfully, this law is going to fix the problem, get things updated. And I'm really pleased that the senator who put all of this proposal forward has been willing to work with the legal sex workers and talk with them, not just about them. So would you recommend that constituents in different counties in Nevada contact their uh, legislators and let them know that they're supporting this law? Or what would you recommend people do? Because that's the thing I would love to see what you guys have going on replicated everywhere. So how can we get this happening? Well, it all starts with this two-year study. The big ask at this point is to make sure that the people who comprise of the study are individuals that actually have the best interest of the sex workers at heart. So what I would do is ask for Leslie Cohen, who is the woman who put forward this legislation, to ensure that the committee is comprised of sex worker allies. One of the most dangerous things that could happen were there to be, say, a staunch Republican who also happens to be, say, a Mormon that gets put on this committee. Well, a Mormon is going to have fundamental issues with who I am and what I do, and they're not going to be able to separate their moralistic beliefs from the reality of the situation to be able to do what's in my best interest. So the big ask that we have at this point is that the committee that is appointed is sex worker friendly. Which makes sense. And also you don't want people on the other side, such as, look, Kamala Harris, unfortunately, put sex workers and those being trafficked in the same bucket when she, you know, pushed for SESTA-FOSTA. Kamala, Mm -hmm. we're not forgetting about that until you say something. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lack of education. There is this consistent lack of education about SESTA-FOSTA, legalization, criminalization, the Nordic model. And the reality is what's most likely to happen is full legalization, and with that will come decriminalization, where you will see brothels like the Bunny Ranch in all 50 states in America, and the buying and selling of sex is fully legalized and regulated through those markets. But much in the same way that we see, you know, arrests for marijuana sales on the streets being reduced, we also will then see any sort of independent sex work essentially being left alone or decriminalized in that way. I don't see why anybody thinks it's a good idea that we are filling up uh, anyone uh, into our criminal justice system who is working independently, who is, as you are, running a business and uh, as To quote George Carlin, selling is legal, fucking is legal. Why is selling fucking illegal? Oh, I love that man. I think it's really a puritanical viewpoint that we have. I don't know if that stems from America's religious background. I don't know. It's so many factors. Yeah. Yeah. It's, just, it's kind of an anti-woman thing because the laws do not punish the men for buying it, or most of them don't. The laws punish the women for selling it. Yep, that is the Nordic model. The Nordic model allows for sex to be sold, but it criminalizes the purchasing. The Nordic model is what they currently have in Canada and in large sections of Europe. What is most beneficial, in my opinion, is something that looks closer to the model that New Zealand has. Their Mm. legal system allows for both brothels, licensed independent work, and there is no criminalization of the unregulated market. That sets the women up for success at all levels of sex work. Because 
You figure everyone wins when it's legalized. I'm just amazed at how much better that, like, a country can just do that? Really? They can just make something not suck? My mind is blown. It's Really, really? Can someone tell that to the legislators in this cut? You can just make something better. Yvette, we're booking a trip. It has been very interesting for me being involved as a legal sex worker and having to now work with some of these politicians and explain to them who I am and the nature of my business because there is so much misunderstanding that not even the former sheriff of Lyon County understood how the legal brothels worked. What we really need is continued education. So I really appreciate you guys having me on the show so I can share some of the good word with people. We were thrilled to have you on because this has been incredibly educational. There's, it's, We feel like we've gotten to know a lot about the porn universe, but there's so much else in the sex worker and the adult uh, universe that I think our listeners don't know about. We definitely didn't know a lot about what you do. Uh, so we're, we're really grateful for you taking the time uh, to uh, hang out with us and inform us about a lot of this. And I'm sure that the, we, we still have probably a ton of questions still. But it's, And Alice looks like she has one oh, bubbling yes. up. <laughs> but that said, you know, we're again, so grateful to have you on and our listeners are as well. And we have some listeners to thank because they helped send you a microphone and they helped pay for the audio editing and for us to continue to produce this podcast. So this week, we want to thank Craig Elliott, Daniel Forcier, Eric H., Jeff Peterson, Matthew Green, Matthew Culp, Nathan Dingley, Pets, Shane Wright, Wendy Cornwall, and many, many others. And if you want to help us out as well, uh, just go to patreon.com slash two girls, one mic. That's where you can help support us. We also give you guys extra content, some quickie mini episodes as well. And we give you guys uh, even a heads up on when we're having guests. So you can submit questions that we end up asking amazing people like Alice. And Alice, you're, I have to, by the way, you are a fucking adorable. I mean, you are. Oh, yeah. Thank you. I've been thinking it the whole episode. I'm like, she, if she doesn't look like the girl next door, I don't know who does. Like your adorableness radiates off of you. You are oh, a full you. eight, 80 pound redhead ball of adorableness. I just want to pack into my suitcase. No, wait, I'll put holes in it. Like it's, yeah. I'll be your carry yes. on. It's fine. They'll never know. She'll fit in the same container that I bring my dog on. You look that tiny. We could totally make this work. Like, if you're going somewhere exotic and beautiful, I will totally be your carry-on. Like, I've joked that Alice is my emotional support human when I was on a show before. You could be, we could pack you as an emotional support human. Yes, it'll work perfect. We could do this. I mean, then again, if you have an emotional support human license for a girl named Alice, maybe you could double it for Alice Little. Yeah. There you go. It could be Alice Little Vaughn. We kind of look alike. I just have to dye my hair red and just like shave off a foot. Don't worry. All white girls look alike. It's true. I saw it in a crisis actor thing. Every single brunette white girl looks alike when it's a crisis actor. Oh my God. Just ask Alex Jones. We have gone full (laughs) circle on politics now. (laughs) Man, we just brought it all the way home. It's gone. It's gone to a weird place. (laughs) So Alice, where can people find you? Oh, goodness. I live all over the internet, but the best place to start would be my website, thealicelittle.com. And from there, you will be able to find my blog as well as links to all of my social media accounts. That's amazing. And we will link to those in the show notes. And as usual, Yvette, where can our listeners find you? Over at the Cybabe on Instagram and Twitter and facebook.com slash Cybabe and of course Cybabe.com for all of my science and dick joke related rants. 
Rantings. Alice, where can people find more of your lovely face? Oh, well, I guess patreon.com slash two girls one mic or on Twitter at Rational Blonde. But they can also email us questions, concerns, comments, many concerns, mostly concerns at info at two girls one mic.com. We keep hoping that one day we'll have advice to give that people will will We'll send emails asking questions and we could dole out some relationship and sex advice. Please ask us your questions and see what funny things we can do with it. Most times the answer is just use more lube. Yeah, use more lube. Talk to your partner. Communicate. It's those two things. Talk to your partner, use more lube, or duct tape. Duct tape will also fix it. Yeah, yeah. I prefer electrical tape. Rips way easier. That is very true and valid. It's, I, I mean, I have indeed created electrical tape pasties in a uh, in a pinch before. And I'm just <laughs> saying, don't do duct tape. Do not. Oh. Yeah, don't do that with duct tape. No matter Bad how day. much of a masochist you are, hard no, hard no. Red, 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 red. red. Yeah, that's not even a yellow. That's <laughs> hard red. So we've gone to a weird place that I think that we should end right there. Whew. That's how I love to end the show on a weird place. So, (laughs) guys, thanks for joining us this week. We'll see you next week. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.